welcome to Wonder Pod, episode 159. Uh, we're going to talk about games this week. It's kind of hard not to with what's happened this week. Although, the more reveals and special events we have, the more I worry about humanity. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Joining me this week, as always, is Glacinator. Hello, and uh, if this week hasn't made you a cynic, then... Uh... You are quite an individual, so. <laughs> that, I mean, that is that is totally true. No matter what you think of the Xbox One yourself, if, if unless you just left the internet after Tuesday, it, it'd be really hard to have any hope for humanity <laughs> or anything at this point. <laughs> um, also joining us this week, as he always does, it's John. Hey everybody, I guess my only comment before we get into the nitty gritty is, what did you really expect it to be? <sighs> yeah. The, the, I, we can't even start if I get going down. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the signs were there. Ray Charles could have seen this shit coming. Um, okay, I'm, I'm good now. We're back. Uh, John, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> I've been playing a little bit of uh, old stuff and, and a little bit of new stuff. Well, new as in uh, re- uh, current stuff. I get me fail English. That's impossible. Um, I finished Bioshock Infinite finally. That's the big news of the week, I guess. Uh, again, I, I really enjoy that game. I I think it's one of the like the overarching story and how it's told and how it's developed uh, is one of the best I've seen in a game. I, uh, I won't tell you what it all is, but I because we're gonna I believe we're still gonna do a uh, a spoilerific special uh, on Bioshock Infinite uh, with the WonderPod crew who have played it. Yes, uh, we will. Yeah, to a theater near you whenever we get off our asses and do it. <laughs> whatever that is, but uh, I will make a few comments uh, just to compare it to maybe the other games. Uh, I think. Again, I think I think the the way the the story is told is is very very cohesive. Uh, it, it doesn't drop at all during the whole uh, game. Um, I think some of the there are stretches of, of of fighting which I thought were a little bit long in the tooth uh, that kind of get dragged out. Uh, walking around, you you do see a you know walk into a room and I immediately I immediately say, well, this is going to be an, an arena. <laughs> you know, there's some game design things that made it you know. That made it gamey, so to speak. Um, but on the whole, I think it's one of the best games of the generation. Uh, did I like it more than the first Bioshock? I can't. It, it's it's a. It didn't leave me with it didn't leave me with as big an impression on my mind as the first one did because I thought the first one really took me away to this other place. And while this one tr- tries to capture some of that lightning in a bottle again. Uh, Maybe because it's the third game in the series, it's a little less you know, awe-inspiring, and, and the different the different setting helps. But it's you know the, the first time that the dance is always the most special. Maybe, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to talk about you know some of the nitty the nitty gritties with uh, with Bruce. Um, I I've been playing Super Metroid. I mentioned that I got that for thirty cents. Um, most uh, it was last week I mentioned that actually, so I actually after finishing Bioshock decided I was going to go play that. Um, I've been mentioning around that one of my one of my personal gaming shames is that I never played and finished uh, Super Metroid. 
often considered one of the greatest games ever. And and this is so, this is coming from someone who owned. I, mean, I, I got it for thirty cents, you know, because it's so cheap. But I did own a copy of it on my Wii Virtual Console as well. So thirty cents is nothing. So I, I didn't mind the upgrade for that. Um, but yeah, I, something about playing on the gamepad is is really nice. Being able to you know curl up on the couch and not you know. Yeah, I can have the TV. I can use the TV if I want, and it's just as good on there. But I can just turn off the TV and just play on the gamepad. It's almost like a portable sort of experience. But um, but it's a nice, the nice big screen. The whole just the whole thing is feels really comfortable um, and something that I really enjoy playing. I'm about an hour and a half in. I don't think it's a particularly long game. I think I've heard people finish it off in you know three or four hours. Uh, I'm kind of taking my time and, go, and hitting every nook and cranny, so I'll probably end up going longer than that. But you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can tell right away that I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, one thing, though, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, this this comment, but the more I play Super Metroid, the more it reminds me how much of a great game Metroid Prime was, which was the first Prime game on GameCube, because they really managed to take uh, the Super Metroid experience and turn it into a that first-person uh, perspective, uh, 3D you know, environments, that kind of thing, and still retain the, the feeling of Super Metroid. And perhaps when I played, perhaps when I played Prime, was I, pre- I played uh, all three of those games, and I played those first. I think there, I, m- I might have dabbled in the, the original Metroid. I certainly didn't play the portable ones, but I think the Primes were my first foray into Metroid um, this one, you know, this Super Metroid really brings me back to, the, to how much I enjoyed those. And at the time, I probably didn't, I, I, I couldn't make that comment then because I didn't know any better. But now, in hindsight, I can definitely see where they were drawing from. And finally, uh, I succumbed to another one of Nintendo's uh, specials or deals. We had this offering where if you upgraded, if you bought the Wii U Virtual Console version of Super Mario World, uh, you would get. You could get Mario Brothers 2 um, for half price. The 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 NES games are going for five bucks, so I got it, I got it for two fifty. And I was hemming and hawing over this because I'm, I'm noticing a trend in my spending habits uh, on the Wii U with these virtual console games. That you know, luckily in a couple of cases, I've been getting them for thirty cents each on this on, on their introductory special, the anniversary of the NES stuff. Uh, the thirty cents is is fine, uh, but if you own a game, one of these game, virtual console games on your Wii Virtual Console, uh, you're allowed to upgrade for a small fee, and that allows you to play on your gamepad and stuff. Same game, nothing has changed except that you can remap the controls. You have the the save state uh, functionality on every game, and you know a couple of small bells and whistles. Nothing too major, but you know for for most games, I think it's a dollar fifty, uh, rather like to upgrade rather than paying the full price, which is you know, it's cheaper than the full price. But then you know, some people would say, well, why am I paying any fee at all for a game I already own? Uh, that's, I guess it's up to the user if they want to go into their Wii menu and access it there off their SD card or whatever. But back to my trend, uh, I'm noticing that I'm doubling up. Um, a fair bit already, and and the virtual console has only just be, only just started. So I've I've already doubled up, and having gone through with this deal, 
I now have two copies of Super Mario World on my on this basically on the same console because I transferred everything over from one to the other, uh, all the game saves and that kind of jazz. So I have two copies of Super Mario World, two copies of um, Punch Out. Though actually, uh, one the, one of the copies is on my 3DS because I got that on special as well, free through Club Nintendo. Uh, crud. Uh, you guys remember what I said in my post? Uh, I, I posted all this to the to the WonderPod uh, group, just expressing my indecision on whether I wanted to go through with it or not, and I ended up going through. But uh, there was a couple of games. Oh, I got it right in front of me. Um, Kirby, yeah, Kirby and F Zero Punch Out. You know, I'm doubling up, and I don't want to double up in every single thing. And it just seems to be getting extravagant. <laughs> so I I hesitated, but then I got it, and. Uh, yeah, Mario Brothers Two is a, is a game that I played the shit out of when I was a kid. I I never owned it, but I rented it a lot. And um, but boy, I tell you, playing it now, I can. It, it's like eleven uh, year old me or twelve year old me is 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 playing it again. I'm I'm making I'm playing it in the same style, making the same like. Uh, and then again, I don't know how much difference you can really expect, but I, I'm making the same mistakes. I'm making the same jumps. I'm, I'm approaching each level the same way as I did then. So it's this whole sense of deja vu playing this particular game, where I never had it with the other ones. I, I noticed I never really played F Zero. I never, I never again, never played Super Metroid. So yeah, I'm having. I'm as I play Mario too. I'm I'm really experiencing deja vu, and wondering if it's some sort of muscle memory that I'm doing this because I know I played it just so much back then. And it was probably the first one of the first NES games that I played to completion, um, so maybe maybe muscle memory or whatever I don't know, but I'm I am enjoying it, and that's it. That's all I'm playing. Oh, Glacinator! Let me prime you, fine yes. audience members, by saying that Glacinator is going to talk about Minecraft, but it's totally worth it because we got fucking hosed. Uh, <laughs> all right, this is an understatement. <laughs> Collecting your thoughts. <laughs> okay, so uh, where, do, where do I begin with this? Let me set the scene. <laughs> okay, we go worked, ahead. Go ahead. We worked for a week to get a sword in one dungeon, and we were both very happy with ourselves when we finally got this one dungeon cleared. It would be the one that's the banner from last week's podcast. Yeah, the, so, the band power thing. We moved on, and Glacinator found another dungeon. This dungeon <laughs> was troubling, to say yeah. the least. And now with the, with the scene set, Glacinator will tell you about his portion of the adventures in said dungeon. Yes, yeah, so like Bruce said, we got this sword. This sword was enchanted. The guy that had made the map had made the enchantments himself, so it was super powerful. It did, like, triple damage to enemies. It set enemies on fire. It made the enemies fly away. This was thing was basically a lightsaber, for, for the most part, which was awesome. And so, us being the confident idiots that we were at the time, decided to undertake this next dungeon, thinking that, okay, well, we got the sword from the last dungeon. This dungeon probably, you know, is probably easier than the other one. You know, so we could probably just run in with the sword and just kill everything, kill the monster spawners, get whatever items in there and head out, you know, the end, you know, that'd be the end of that day. No, <laughs> that was not the case 
at all. And uh, I usually say that when I play video games, the most annoying enemies for me are bats. I've always hated bats because bats always kill me in Zelda. They always kill me in whatever game they're they're in. Zubats and Pokemon, they're just the worst. But I've decided that I'm going to change that opinion. And now I detest spiders <laughs> immensely. And that's because this dungeon that we tried to attempt, I, I say attempt, uh, was a spider dungeon uh, with cobwebs everywhere. And I, if you play Minecraft, you know that spiders, uh, they, they don't care, you know. They, they can climb up anything and they can jump like three blocks or sometimes 25 blocks. Apparently the game makes up its own decisions on whether or not an uh, enemy can hit you at certain times. And so we went into this dungeon just thinking it would be ho-hum, whatever, and uh, we were wrong. We were very wrong. Uh, we cleared out the first few rooms pretty quickly, uh, and then we got down maybe about two levels into this black obsidian cave thing with cobwebs everywhere, and uh, we turned a corner, and there was just this field of cobwebs, and uh, there happened to be a uh, cave spider spawner. And uh, a cave spider in Minecraft, they're really small, and usually they do maybe like about four hearts of damage, you know, every time they bite you. And they're, all, they're also poisonous in the normal game. Thankfully, in this game, they're not poisonous, but instead of being poisonous, they do eight damage. I don't know why he chose eight damage, but, I mean, if it hits you two times, you die. Flat out. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're dead. You know, in Minecraft, you lose your, when you die, you lose all your stuff. And you don't, they don't, it doesn't just drop, it explodes out of you. Like you just, like a creeper just exploded on you and just, your items go everywhere. And so uh, we had gotten down to this corner and we had walled off the spider nest <laughs> that was in front of us. And uh, we were slowly working our way and, and uh, I had hit a few spawners in and we had died a few times, but we were able to get some stuff back. So it wasn't, it was annoying and I was getting frustrated, but it wasn't, that absolutely terrible yet and then uh bruce being uh the lovely man that he is decided to bring lava into the equation and uh i, before I, I say knew anything, i was not getting out and scared no no no. before i say anything i i'm not faulting you oh you should because it was totally the stupidest thing i've done in minecraft in a long time and i really <laughs> regret it now i mean it was it was there's a lot of factors going into the tragedy that this was but just to preface it bruce decided to bring lava in which you know for the most part worked he would climb up onto the ceiling and drop the lava bucket on top of the spawners and the spiders would come out of the spawners and then burn up and i would run over to the other side of the room while they were burning and destroy another spawner and then run back again and we kept switching sides and this was it was taking a long time how, how long were we playing that night this event took like five hours yeah which is longer for those of you that understand what mmos are this was longer than almost any dungeon raid i've ever done in an mmo except maybe some of the super end game ones in world of warcraft it was it was draining and frustrating there's yeah. no doubt about it and the thing was though is that this dungeon wasn't big if there had been no mobs inside of the dungeon you probably could have walked through it in probably one minute. That's that's how big the dungeon was and how, confi how confined of a space you were dealing with all these spiders jumping everywhere. Uh, so anyway, 
Bruce is over in the corner throwing down his lava as usual, and I'm over in the other corner trying to hit this spawner to make them stop appearing everywhere. And I misplace a block, and I fall down into the vast ocean of arachnids below us. Uh, I die immediately, of course, because these things only kill you in two hits. And uh, my sword, because I die, like I said, when you die, your stuff explodes out of you. My sword flew off of me onto the edge of this drop-off where Bruce was with the lava. And this this sword, it was floating. Like When you die, your screen doesn't go away. You can still see where you died. The sword was floating, like rotating, one pixel over the edge of this, this lava field that Bruce had made in the middle of the room. And at this point, I'm freaking out. Because this is the sword that we had worked literally a whole week for. We had spent all of our resources on, you know, this, this was a sword that we needed, you know, to progress further at this point. And so I spawn back up in our base camp at the top of the dungeon. And I'm freaking out. I run back down. Uh, and I, I'm freaking out so much. I just decide to jump off the ledge, like freaking, uh, I don't know. I, who's someone that jumps off a ledge? I don't know. I'm like Indiana Jones. Would yeah. Be like Indiana Jones, this. basically in the pit. Of yeah, Nathan, Nathan, Nathan Drake or somebody. Nathan Drake, Indiana Jones, whatever explorer you, you want <laughs> to imagine me as I just jumped off this ledge imagining okay i'm just gonna jump off the ledge grab the sword right by the lava hit a spider jump back up on the next ledge and i'll be okay you know it'll be it'll be beautiful you know i'll I'll get the sword up we'll both cry and hug afterwards and we'll we'll beat the dungeon that'll be that and it'll be an amazing story but no that was not what happened i jumped off the ledge grabbed the sword a spider bit me pushed me into the lava and i died (laughs) with the sword in my hand and it was gone forever at that point. Oh. And, uh... Oh, wait, I, it gets worse. I, <laughs> We're not done yet. <laughs> that was just the, the build-up <laughs> to what happened. So a combination of me losing the week's work of work for that sword, plus the five hours we had spent in this dungeon, and the pent-up rage that I had at these spiders, I just... I sort of lost it, and I sort of ran back down... <laughs> into the dungeon i started yelling at bruce which i'm sorry for <laughs> i just started yelling and t- type and type the, t- the text chat at him i don't even remember what i was saying anymore i, I, mean, I, was, I was very frustrated there is many curses thrown uh which is unusual for me if you know me at all um and then i decided you know what screw it uh i i guess i will jump into the lava again out of pure hate for this game and so I proceeded to jump off the bridge again into the lava and die again. Then I respawned back at the hut. And when I spawned back up in the hut, there was a zombie outside the door. And I was like, screw this zombie, kill me. And so I let the zombie kill me. And so I died again in the hut. And there was still a zombie in the hut. So when I respawned again, so the zombie killed me again. and said, screw it. I don't want anything else to kill me. I'll go jump in this, this pool of water and drown. And so I jumped in the pool of water and drowned. And then I died again. And so then I got up on a, a mountain and I jumped off the mountain and died. And <laughs> I don't know why I was doing these things. Bruce commented later on that it was sort of like a ritual cleansing, which I think it was. It was like, if the spider kills me, then everything else must kill me for me to be one with the universe uh, or something along those lines. It, it was it was a it was a very, uh, I guess, it was a cathartic experience. Uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of like uh, going like, 
on a, like a spirit journey of death. <laughs> just, I kept dying over and over again, and I kept yelling at Bruce. And then at one point, after I had died in every oh, possible right. way that you can die in Minecraft, I was just like, I'm, I, I'm done. Like, I just, I was like, this is it. Goodbye. I don't even, did I even say goodbye. I think I just logged off. No, at, you at just that. quit. You just, just quit at just, that point. Just left. And okay. Oh, go ahead. That was uh, my uh, Tuesday evening. So. Was that Tuesday or yeah, that was that was the night of the reveal. Uh, here's a few highlights he missed. In, in addition to the sword he's talking about, which was a diamond. Oh, sword. I for, oh my gosh. Okay, okay, I forgot the best part. I we lost the, a bow that was enchanted. Enchanted bow, enchanted. We lost two pig. enchanted picks. Yeah. No, no, no. We lost one enchanted diamond pick. I lost a diamond sword I had made it enchanted. I lost when I died in the lava. I lost a uh, iron enchanted sword that we'd found. We lost I don't know how much food, torches, other supplies. I lost some armor that we'd found. <laughs> it was and here's what pushed him over the edge. The yeah. party forgot okay. about part, best part that I forgot. Okay, so I had completed my rage cycle at this point. I think no, and it was I, before you went I, off I, the deep end. Before before I went off the deep end. Okay, then. Uh, I had, I had, I had gone back down. I had died again. I had yelled at Bruce and I said, all right, I don't care anymore because I've lost everything that is important to me in this game. So I'll just kill everything with my bare hands basically. So because I wasn't restricted by any, you know, by losing anything, I just went down in there and just beat up the spawners and got rid of everything and everything eventually died. I'm like, okay, well, the dungeon is finally done. We beat the dungeon. We lost everything. Here's the final chest, you know, let's open the final chest and see what's inside. You know, maybe it will be worthwhile. Maybe, maybe it's two swords, you know, maybe it's four swords. May, who knows? And so I open up the chest and inside are enchanted boots and a piece of bread. That, that was it. Enchanted boots, if you play Mike, that's like, it's, there's no point, honestly, in having enchanted boots except for not taking fall damage, but we weren't doing that anyways. It was, it was the absolute worst piece of equipment that you could have received at that point. And then at that point, as soon as I saw I was in Chan boots, I took them out of the chest, I threw them at Bruce, and then that's when I decided to have my cathartic death experience across the server. So there's the full story. My take on this, being an MMO player again, and I realize I bring this up too much, and also my what I've been playing, uh, about the tenth de- death in, I-, I was done being pissed off, and it was just comical at that point to me. None of Glacinator's yelling bothered me. Lord knows he's listened to me scream and holler on Xbox Live plenty, and he was totally in the right to scream. I don't hold anything against him. The um the 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 way the dungeon was constructed was a royal pain in the ass losing all the stuff was a royal pain in the ass the lava was such a bad idea that we are never ever doing that again uh but it was so unbelievable to me how close to an mmo this was it was it wasn't what you would call fun but it was still entertaining. And not just because Glacinator lost it. Now, he's told you how he lost it, and I'm watching all this. Here's the best part. I beat a skeleton to death with my bare hands. 
because I was frustrated. Well, the skeleton had fallen in, fallen in a hole he dug in the pool, water pool, to drown himself. I then had to beat the zombies that had killed him. By this point, he's climbing the mountain to kill himself again. So I'm at the I'm at the point where I'm just being a smartass. It's just all funny to me at this point. I'm sitting here, and, and we don't talk in voice chat on, on Skype when we play. We should, probably, because it would have been even funnier. But... I said, okay, fair enough. He's lost it. I took the beds out of the little hut we had, and then I set the hut on fire. I thought, he he's really – and this is what I was thinking. I thought, it's funny to me, but this may very well stop him from speaking to me ever again because he's going to respawn after committing kamikaze suicide again, only to respawn inside a building that is now on fire. What's worse about that was it was a building that the interior was wood, but the exterior was stone. So there's like no easy way to escape it. Well, what what even became funnier was I had collected everything we needed or anything of value that was left. And I am making my way back to our camp before well, Glacinator died again, and I think this is where he finally just logged out. He died again. The problem was I had his bed in my inventory, which is tied to your spawn point in Minecraft. So he respawned all the way back where we originally spawned from. And I think your last comment is, why am I here? <laughs> and then that's you right. just logged that's, out. That's right. <laughs> He just logged. I think he realized that I had the because I am sitting in my office or I'm sitting here at my desk and, I, and I'm controlling my dude with AWS, you know, AWSD. And I've got my head on my desk. I am laughing so hard because it's just it had just for me, my brain had snapped in the other way. My brain had snapped to where it was just such a comedy of fucking disaster at that point that, that I could do nothing other than laugh. Or cry, and so I just chose to laugh, and I'm like literally making my way back to our last spawn camp or our last camp, laughing because it was just an utter and complete disaster from word go. But here's the thing: I know we're boring you to death with Minecraft, but here's the thing: we have learned because we took about five steps into another dungeon yesterday, while it's just hiking around and exploring. And we both, within like two minutes, ran back out and said, we're not ready for this shit. <laughs> and we never went back in again. <laughs> I mean, Glycinator is and John, but I'm talking about Glycinator in a specific instance, are two of the nicest guys I know. They very rarely get upset or angry. So to see Glycinator snap, I knew that you know, while I didn't necessarily feel the full weight of the disaster myself, because God knows I've been through so many in MMO dungeons, um, I knew that it had really gone horribly wrong, because he must have killed himself like nine times before he... And it's like, when you see these messages, Glacinator drowned, Glacinator fell from a high place, a zombie ate Glacinator, <laughs> I mean... You can't help but laugh. I, even if you're feeling totally sorry for the guy, which I was, you can't help but laugh because these messages keep popping up on your screen with the most ridiculous things ever. Glacinator went for a walk in lava. Glacinator burnt to a crisp. I mean, it was just continuously over and over again. 
Oh, as far as the Minecraft goes, we don't know if we're going to continue. Not because of that, but because Glaze is going to Boston here this weekend. You're flying out this weekend, right? Yeah, I fly out Sunday morning. Sunday so. morning, yeah. I should be on at least one more time. Well, whatever. right. Uh, yeah, I expect you will be, but we don't know. He doesn't know what's all happening when he, with his internship in Boston, so he doesn't know how much time he'll have. Uh, but So you might get a reprieve from the Minecraft stuff. But if if I had known or if I had thought that Glacinator wouldn't have minded after the fact, I really, really need to remember that I have fraps on my computer because following him following him around during the ritual cleansing probably would have got us a million hits on YouTube if it had been properly explained. Because as somebody who snaps a lot, I have never... It's rare I've witnessed anything quite like it. But it was also totally needed. He's right. It was cathartic because that was just a motherfucker of a dungeon. I've had bad nights in fucking WoW and in EverQuest where to, you you lose a lot of equipment, you lose a lot of experience, and you still aren't as frustrated and annoyed as we were with that one. Um, moving on to other stuff. Still playing Warm Online, obviously. Um, I did play some more Foundry Quests in Neverwinter Nights, and I got to tell you guys really quick. Um, there was one I played last night that was recommended to me about a Cabald which is a, a D&D character, has been in a thousand RPGs, that wants to be a dungeon master. And the reason I'm going to bring it up and talk about it more than in passing is because if anybody listens to this show that is creating Foundry Quests, I need you to think about the fact that humor can play a part in making RPG quests. Because this kabold, whose name was Yes, and his... His, his desire to be a dungeon master or, or run a dungeon led to some of the most comedic and best parody of MMO groups, MMO parties, MMO guilds, MMO enemies. I mean, it just, you really have to play it, play through it to understand. But if you've ever played an RPG or ever set foot in an MMO, I laughed from beginning to end playing this. I mean, it was just hilarious. Let me give you a slight hint spoiler. When you finally run through the Cabold's dungeon, his main trash mobs, meaning his energy sapping, there's a lot of the uh, monsters, were pigs. Just standard pigs. Nothing special about them. <laughs> they were just pigs. I mean, I, I really applaud the guy that came up with it, and I apologize. I forgot to write down his name. But things like that, I really hope that somebody takes a look at whatever Winter Dines is doing in MMO form. There are so many things that you can do with that. It's it, it's like Halo's Forge, as I've said before. You know, I mean, uh, we spend a lot of time, as does a lot, as do a lot of podcasts, bashing the the bad side of gamerdom. But... Man, when people really put their minds to doing something and creating something for other users to enjoy, it can be really awesome and totally worth talking about, even if you don't play MMOs. Um, and finally tonight, what I, the last game I played, and I actually just picked this up this afternoon because I read some reviews and I liked it, uh, or liked what I read, and I had a hankering for playing Red Dead Redemption. I picked up Call of Juarez um, Gunslinger, and it's a downloadable title... It's 15 bucks. 
it is. I'm double checking the name here as I talk. Yeah, it, it's it's an old West game. It's set in 1910. You play the part of uh, this gunfighter. He's kind of old now and he's you're reliving his glory days and essentially you're going through different levels shooting dudes and doing missions um it's kind of linear the aiming's a bit off but pretty good uh, the dueling mechanics ai or ie the gunfight mechanics i'd say they're better than most i always suck at that kind of stuff um, in fact, I suspect that the rest of my game are all going to be unhonorable unhon- kills or dishonorable kills because I really don't like doing shit over and over again. <laughs> um, but overall, for a $15 downloadable title, it's from what I've seen so far, if you like Red Dead Redemption, it's totally at least worth te- checking out the trial. Um, they really read up on their history. They've got historical figures in it. Um, just to stay spoiler free, I won't tell you any of them, but trust me, you'll know who they are. And, and the, the way they're weaving the story and weaving it within known history, it's a little campy, but I like it. It, 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 it's a fun take on what could be, uh, just the way they're doing it. They're, they're using a lot of historical references that have some mystery or, or I guess the term we'd use today is controversy surrounding them. Um, and as someone who's a very big uh, Old West history buff, I, I, I applaud the way that they're doing it. it like I said, it's it, it, it's a little over the top sometimes, but, but I'm looking forward to playing the game uh, more as I go along, and I'll have, probably have more to say about it next week. Uh, from the reviews I read, I don't think it's super long, so I suspect I will be done with it. But if you love Red Dead Redemption... John called it the Red Dead patch earlier, uh, which I kind of, you know, like in like nicotine patch. I, I kind of totally agree with that. Uh, if you liked it, I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, and that's all we've been playing this week. Um, so here we go. We're going in, folks. If if you live under a rock, um, then it's my duty to inform you that the X, new Xbox console has been announced, and it's called the Xbox One. Um, I will be the first to say that a lot of other people think it looks like a VCR. Fair enough. My response to that is, hey, at least I've fucking seen it. Uh, <laughs> so the first thing we're going to do tonight is I'm going to give you a recap, for those of you that didn't sit through the presentation, of the presentation. So we'll start with that, and then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, the first guy out was Don something. I didn't catch his last name. He was just running over all the crap that has happened with Microsoft since from the original Xbox to the 360 to now. The Xbox One will be cloud-powered in some manner. I've heard everything from maybe some parts of games will run off of it to definitely saves. Um, the controller is very similar to the 360. Another guy whose name I didn't catch came out and explained how it all works, showed us how to switch from TV to to, uh, games to Internet search. So there is, you know, there's TV in it, which I do have to explain for those of you that have been confused about the whole TV thing like Google TV and like Apple TV. This is not going to eliminate 
your uh, cable box or your, I guess, satellite box too. It still requires both of those things. Now, there's some rumors or, or unconfirmed reports running around that Microsoft will be doing everything in its power to try and get it more digital, to get it more unchained from the cable box. But I do have to admit that the uh, you know slick presentation was rather unclear about that, and I thought it was... Uh, you know, something that we should uh, bring to your attention. If you go search about it on Google, you'll find plenty of articles that explain how exactly it works. Um, the specs of it, it is an 8-core CPU. It has 8 gigs of RAM, although for those super tech heads, it is important to point out it is DDR3 RAM, which makes it um, support Technically a little slower than the DDR5 that will be in the PS4, but again, we're not here to debate the two yet. Um, it's going to have Skype built in, has a Blu-ray drive, which I totally approve. It has three OSs. Now, it has the Xbox MS kernel, or the Xbox kernel for the game side. It has what they're calling the MS OS. I don't know. I've heard plenty of speculation about it. For the TV, Internet, Skype, Entertainment side, and then you have a third that'll switch between the two. I think it's important to note, or at least speculate, that if these are all three OSs are self-contained, meaning they could stand alone on their own, I have to wonder, and I want to know for a fact, or I want to find out, if the if the gaming OS can stand on its own, does that in fact make it easier for developers to work with? than the Xbox 360 was. Because the Xbox One is the same x86 architecture as the PS4. They're going, they're both going away from the PowerPC architecture, which does mean no backwards compatibility. You're right and rage all you want. Uh, Smart Glass is going to be involved with it, which I, I think seemed pretty con pretty obvious. Xbox Live is getting a ton of different, ton more servers. There's some speculation that they will talk about some other Xbox Live changes and and modifications during E3. One would hope that maybe that includes a price decrease. Good luck. Game footage uh, can be captured on a game footage DVR, which I want to, which I think we need to hear more about before we should uh, speculate any further. Um. But that is nice in-game recording. That was a real pain in the ass on last generation's consoles. A lot of sports stuff that they talked about, uh, which, you know, I mean, they did it. EA Sports came out. They talked about uh, Forza 5, which looked really good if you didn't see the presentation. Um, Quantum Break is a new game from Remedy, which is the makers of Alan Wake. Uh, the trailer they showed was live action mixed with some gameplay. Looking forward to seeing future trailers about that. The other thing they announced was um, 15 exclusive games in the first year of the console. Eight of those are new IPs. Uh, and then a lady called Nancy Tellum, best name ever, came out, who introduced Bonnie something or other from 343 Studios. There's going to be a Halo TV show of some type. I never was really super clear whether that was web only or what. I apologize for that. Uh, and Steven Spielberg is involved in it. 
given his work on Saving Private Ryan and his work behind the scenes on Band of Brothers. I'm kind of actually interested in this, and I'm not a huge Halo fan. And then Eric Dershberg uh, came out from Activision and showed off the new COD, new models, new graphics. There's going to be dogs. Uh, it's new story, new characters, but it's COD. Um, so that is, uh, is there anything I missed, John? I know you peruse the tech and stuff quite a bit. I think you caught most of that stuff. You know, mine is the stuff that we're, that we're trying, we're going we're gonna to talk about in more detail later. Um, Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, for those of you that did watch the presentation, we are leaving out a couple controversial facts. And, and let me explain why. I should explain that now. The used game thing and the always online thing. For this first portion of our podcast, we're not going to talk about that because I want to attempt to give an, an honest analysis of the three of us of what do we think of what it does, the tech behind it, or the hardware and, and, oh, I forgot Connect 2.0. It has a second-generation Connect that comes with the system. So you can swipe and swing and do all the things with Connect. Um, no real specs about the Connect, but it indicates that uh, it, you know, it's an improvement over the original one, which hopefully means it'll be a lot more sensitive, maybe allow you to be in a much smaller room, so on and so forth. Well, a much smaller room without... Uh, without any um, add-ons John let's start with you overall I'm you know like I said in the pre-show I'm kind of we're kind of looking for here is overall thoughts on the presentation itself overall thoughts on the hardware behind the box what the box is going to do we'll save the bitching and complaining for (laughs) a later segment yeah I I thought the the presentation itself was 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 pretty slick. Was pretty slick. Uh, they showed off a lot more things than I thought they were going to. Uh, John, let me interrupt you for just one second. If you'd yeah. also like to speak to the reaction from here on out, known as overreaction, because <laughs> it, it wasn't a reaction in most corners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're also welcome to do that. I forgot about that. I apologize, and now continue. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it, they showed a lot more of their hand than I thought they might, uh, whether for good or for bad. You know, if you compare it to the PS4 uh, event, you know, we we saw the machine. I I see I see the VCR comparison. You know, it's it, it is rather boxy uh, and an old school style. Uh, but you know, I, I think people hang up on that, get hung up on that a bit too much. It's funny, but you know. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. The I, I mean, I, I like the fact that it's got more horsepower. You know, it's gonna it's gonna really show off some really great you know great graphical power. I'm really excited by some of the news that they talked about with the IPs. Um, one thing that I, I I've I've said a lot of times on the show here is that I like new ideas. I like new new things, and that eight of the of the of the fifteen. Uh, games they've got planned um, are all are new IPs. It's wonderful, you know. It's you know, this makes me very excited. They didn't talk about what they are, um, with the exception, I guess, the, that uh, Quantum Break, which I'm really excited for as well, because I'm you know, with Alan Wake, I became a I became a very big Remedy fan. Um, haven't played a lot of Max Payne personally, but but Alan Wake, I'm all over that, and you know. It, a little bit of my heart, I suppose. I'm a little bit sad that it's not Alan Wake 2, but then again, you know, anything by these guys is going to 
and certainly by the by the by the trailer, the short teaser trailer that they showed, it's going to be something different, and, and different is good, uh, in my opinion. I the 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 connect stuff. Uh, just to, just to let you, know, I did read some specs on that. The camera is a 1080p camera instead of the kind of graininess that you kind of get with the current one. Uh, it's supposed to be a lot more sensitive uh, in terms of what it can pick up, like individual more joints. Uh, if you've ever used a Kinect out there, um, you know you see your 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 yourself on the screen and you see the the outline of of your of your body figure. Uh, it's you know your arms and your legs and your head and your body, but I think this is going to get more into more wrist movement, very slight hand movements is going to be able to pick up something. I read I think I read something about a heartbeat. It may even be able to register that. Uh, I'm not sure how that'll work, but but it's kind of an interesting thing uh, where that comes in. I I heard someone make a joke about you know that's where the the Nintendo uh, Vitality sensor went. It was into the into the new Connect, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, as far as the reaction to it goes, um, you know, it's the it's the it's the norm to overreact, and I don't think the whole story has been told here. Uh, they certainly wanted to make this conference appeal to a mainstream audience, or else they wouldn't have shown so much of the TV integration, the all-in-one you know box that they wanted to be that you have in your home that controls everything in terms of entertainment. Um, you know what? What I said at the top of the show about what did you expect? I mean, all the all, all the various upgrade, you know, add-ons and additions from the Connect to all the apps to, uh, that are on the Xbox 360. All that stuff was leading to this. And if you thought differently, then you really were leading yourself in the wrong direction because. You know, Microsoft makes a lot of money off subscriptions and a lot of money off these things. And you know, um, I think I remember a stat from few, few, from last year or something that that uh, I want to say as much as 50% of people are using their Xbox for streaming video over gaming. I mean, that that stuff is important to people, and there's money to be made. So that you know, I was not surprised in the least that this stuff was 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 coming down the pipes. You know the old saying: you don't have to like it, but you're gonna have to live with it because this this is this is the the way of the future. Um, I hope that doesn't mean that we. You know, the, the, again, the other side of the coin: eight new IPs shows me that there is some dedication, some emphasis on games. And again, that's that ne- the next part of the story is where E3 is gonna come in. I I think, or at least I hope. I don't know if I think, but I hope that that is where we're gonna see the gamer support that that everyone seems to be complaining about that's missing from their from their strategy. Mr. Glacinator, your thoughts on the reaction, overreaction, the presentation, the glitter lights, the tech specs, <laughs> the TV within a TV, the porn well, on your console. Doing well, wonder yes. pot on a console. Yeah, I'm a Chris uh Chris Lloyd, uh, we were watching the uh the conference with him and he he gave up a good point or a good idea that uh on this new on the new console on xbox one you can have two applications running at the same time and there's going to be skype on there as well and so he brought the idea of would it be cool if you know if you did a wonder pod you know if you did a podcast episode you know through skype on the xbox you know while you were playing a game or something which i think is pretty cool and another thing that you forgot to mention which i thought was probably one of the coolest announcements uh of the whole thing was that is that you can uh you can uh record you know what you're playing and upload it 
you know. I you said that. You, you did say that? Yeah, game footage DVR. Oh, I you may did? Have, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, also, guys, Glace, I, I hate to stop you, but I, I want to, I want this clear in my own head. Did they say anything about downloading while playing? Because that's one thing Sony is doing right with theirs. Did you guys, any, either of you, hear that this week? There's, hmm. there's stuff about, there's stuff about playing uh, while you're installing. Like as long as you have, the, you know, you can start playing a game right away, even though it's installing to your drive. I saw uh, that. I was I more I'm thinking. Not, I'm, I'm not sure about the, actually the, the actual download. I really don't know. If they don't put that in that console, I'm going to beat them with sticks. Because that is the most annoying feature of the 360 and PS3. Oh, you got to download this game? You can't play any other games. We'll stop the download because we're fucking stupid. Hate that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Glaze. I, it popped in my head when you said game replay. But that is going to be cool. Yeah, I think that, for me, that was the coolest announcement was the game replay and game capture. Uh uh, that was a cool thing. The other cool thing that I liked, uh, which you already brought up, was the Steven Spielberg, you know, who had did a band of brothers who did war stuff before and War Horse as well. Uh, I think he'll do a really good job with with the Halo franchise. And I remember there was there was talk about an actual Halo movie uh, when Halo Wars was coming out, but that was that was actually Halo Wars. That wasn't a movie at all. And he was still tied to that as well, even though he didn't do anything on it. So I think this might be the culmination of all the speculation rumors from when Halo Wars was coming out, and now it's actually culminating in this. Uh, I think I think uh, you wanted to clarify, Bruce. Uh, I think it's only uh, coming out like it's streaming from your Xbox. So like the TV show is on. It's like Xbox TV. Uh, it's not on a cable network or anything. Uh, although they in the conference they also did say that they were partnering with some with your local cable provider so that you could, you know, do all this stuff at the same time. Um, what I thought for the presser as the whole, as a whole, uh, there was too much sports, you know, and there's always going to be someone that wants to play sports and, you know, sports games are a huge part of, you know, Microsoft's audience, but at the same time, there's no reason to have five minutes of a, of like a, uh, motivational speech from all these sports people that don't really matter about whatever game you're releasing. I mean, the, the, the commercial for whatever that was, that whatever that motivational thing was, that wasn't even for a game. That was just for, there are sports coming. 2013 Xbox. It was, it was, it was pointless, you know? And then after that sports thing finished, then EA Sports came out and they did a talk and it was like, okay, we get the point. There are sports on Xbox. We get it. It's ESPN. Yay. The end. You know, I, I was ready for them to move on to something else. And I understand that they have to save stuff for E3. But at the same time, there's no reason to dwell on that one topic over and over again, which they tend to do every year. Um, in terms of the reaction from everyone, uh, I think people are overly critical. And uh, what Bruce had mentioned also at the beginning of the show, you know, at least we got to see the console, you know, so comparing it, you know, to Sony, which as we do, you know, we compare things, you know, I think it was, you know, leagues ahead of what Sony had to offer. So, I mean, E3 will tell, uh, especially about the IPs. I mean, the, the eight or 10 new IPs, that's really exciting. And I've, I, I always am saying that they need new stuff. You know, there needs to be new stuff to rejuvenate, you know, interest and that for sure will do it, you know, so I'm excited for that. Uh, I, I don't think it was terrible overall. I mean, there was stuff I didn't like, but it wasn't awful. So it could have been much worse, <laughs> honestly. 
Yeah, as for me, you know, it's it's kind of funny because I really had to sit down and think about this. I I honestly did. I because I wanted to break it down because once you have the reveal, you have the overreaction. I refuse to call it a reaction because outside of a handful of people who I will address, uh, it a lot of sar- snark, a lot of sarcasm, a lot of uncleverness, and not much substance to it. Um, you know, I, I can I can stand snark and sarcasm when there's some substance to it, but but that's getting ahead of myself. Let me let, let me explain. I'm going to break this down into like three or four parts basically, and the the, the first part is just a plain old analysis. There's no emotion involved in this. There's, you know, no... <sighs> Look, some people are really trumpet-faced bastards. Uh, you know, they get really worked up, and then they don't end up sounding all that intelligent. I don't want to do that at first. <laughs> I will become a trumpet-faced bastard when I'm ready to. Uh, I, I, I want to talk about just the box. And... You know, I have to say, for a clown car show, uh, Microsoft's was way better than Sony's. They gave me the basic specs. They gave me the um, actual console. They told me a lot of what it's capable of doing. Um, Did it strike my fancy as a gamer? Well, I'm not entirely sure about that yet, but... What else do I got down here? Um, I could have liked Glacinator. I really could have done without the sports, sports, and more sports. Uh, it just it was a little too much. And I didn't even bet people behind the scenes at Microsoft probably thought the same thing once it was all said and done. Uh, also key to me is the 3OS combo. Like I said earlier, I really want to know how exactly that works. Because if game developers can work just with the game OS, then I, like I said... I, it's going to need to be explained to me how that's not going to make it easier than the train wreck of an OS that the 360 had. I'm happy about the x86 architecture. I'm really pleased to see that. Um, I think that's a step forward. Uh, let's see. Really, I mean, what this console tells me, and it's kind of what we, just, again, what John started off with the, the, the top of the show, is the Microsoft took everything that it dabbled with on the 360 and is taking it to what they see as the next level. And you'll notice I'm saying what they see. Uh, Which, from a purely business sense, is kind of nice to see for once. You know, too many times with these tech companies, you see them just kind of dump features here and there, and and, then they're never heard from again. Uh, Right, wrong, or indifferent, at least they're taking everything that they worked on in the last third of the 360 generation and attempting to make it all work in a one console. You know, I, I, I have, um, you know, I have some questions, obviously, but, uh, you know, you set aside the used game fee and the always online rumors, which we'll get to, you know, and, and I consider them still rumors because no two fucking supposed experts can agree whether it's actually happening or not. And I just, you know, I, it's not, I'm not ready until I, until I see, in a press release from MS or an E3, I'm just not ready to take that as fact. But we will be discussing it here in a moment. Um, I'm not sold on this personally. Uh, I'm still not. Uh, I'm, expre- I'm, I'm impressed with the pure hardware specs. But as yet, I don't see anything that's the selling point. Uh, maybe the eight new IPs. Maybe the games that they'll announce at E3. Uh, you know, but uh, 
as of right now, I use so little of the entertainment side of of the 360 that Xbox Live Gold is just quickly becoming not worth the cost to me, especially since we're not playing as many online uh, shooters. You know, we delve back into that as a crew, which, you know, it goes through its highs and lows. Then maybe I, uh, uh, you know, maybe I'll see Xbox Live Gold as more of a value, but uh, the, they still got some selling to do for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of the disinterested clan who knows instead of throwing an absolute tantrum about being abandoned, I know that full well that, uh, you know, that, that I have options. Um, but overall, as far as far as the presentation and, and what I'm seeing, I see a lot that I like, but and I didn't think the presentation was all that horrible, but they, they still got a long way to go to 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 prove that an entertainment box is is a worthy competitor of what Sony is saying is a, a game centric PS4. Um and of course, this is all for myself personally. You know, uh, I I have to admit, trying to sell me a device that does a number of things devices I already own do is a pretty big gamble. You know, it, I mean, it puts me in a camp with some very sarcastic and snarky critics. Um, you know, who already seem to be leading towards utter failure for Microsoft, and we've only known about the console for about three days now. Uh, but, you know, I've got a challenge for those folks. If you're so convinced that it's a piece of shit and that you've been abandoned, then do me a favor. Put your <laughs> put your money where your mouth is, essentially. If you're press, if you're gamer, I don't give a shit who you are. Um, don't buy the thing. You know, just don't buy it. Don't review games for it. Just turn your back on it. If you think they've turned your back, you know, they're back on you, uh then turn your back on them, and, and the market will dictate, um, you know, what happens to the Xbox One. Uh, you know, personally, I would have preferred if we held off with the Super Snark until after E3, but hey, overreaction and doing so instantly is the name of the game in the world we live in these days. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it, it frustrates me, and it, it, but at the same time, I've accepted that that's, you know, kind of what, where we're at. Although I do want to take a small moment before I shut up to talk to people who sincerely believe that Microsoft has abandoned them. And by sincerely believe, I mean the three or four people that I saw that wrote well thought out and 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 well crafted and passionate pieces. Um, I have sympathy for you, and to a certain extent, I share your feelings. You know, uh, sadly in my mind, this is a cost emerging with the mainstream. You know, the we provided, the we proved that you can snare the mainstream, the snare the casual gamer. Uh, and so it's no real surprise to me that, that people are trying, you know, that Microsoft's trying to do this. Uh, I, I think I'm less upset or less frustrated overall because I've been in this situation before with other hobbies and sports that I've been involved with. You know, you, you, you get involved in something when it's small and it's new, um, you know, and eventually it starts to grow and, and build a following. You know, some people are going to get left behind and some things are going to change as it, as it becomes more mainstream or, or however you'd like to title it. 
Unfortunately, gaming is the hobby, I think, is making that transition slowly but surely. It doesn't mean the Xbox One's going to succeed, by no means. But I think the future is going to hold more of what the Xbox One is doing. Um, and, and, and whether I like it or not, um, it, it's kind of the cost of going mainstream, as I said. you know. Uh, and the reason I wanted to kind of speak to those folks separately because like i said i did see some really well-written stuff and i and i do feel bad for people like that 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 didn't just lose their shit that took the time to think about why they're upset as because they didn't resort to the snark and uncleverness you know i mean uh, again i think i think personally that would have been a much more fair game after e3 uh you know i it just i mean even now with a little uh, with a few cheat sheets notes over here i'm just having a hard time putting all my thoughts into into action because i just saw between the reveal and what the box means and 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 people's just instant and brutal and at times stupid overreaction to it i i i just really don't know you know i mean what to think you you already have you know the super irrational tinfoil helmet clowns claiming sony's won and nobody owns the consoles yet. You know, I, I just, I don't know. E3 is going to be way more interesting this year, which I guess is somebody who podcasts and has talked about a couple times already this year, how much <laughs> they're getting really tired of doing E3. Um, you know, <laughs> it's going to give us something to talk about. I mean, I, I couldn't even work up a good foam against the trumpet heads because I just, I'm just so, I, I feel beaten down by this whole thing. Uh, well, now you heard me kind of ramble on and wander and the other guys give their kind of reaction to it. Um, we have a van rant, something that started out of thin air essentially last week, about the reaction to the reveal. So our man ranting in the van is going to take it from here. Take it away. Listen to the rhythm of the falling rain. Falling on my truck, or my van, is more like it. What is going on, people? Pat-Man is back with another van rant, or whatever it is you cool cats are calling it. This time around, well, what should I talk about? Obviously the Xbox One, the new Xbox. So, the new Xbox was revealed just the other day, and I thought people would be friggin' excited about this. It's a brand new console, people. Aren't we all getting tired of the same thing over and over again? We want something new. That's what you're all bitching about, isn't it? Apparently, I was wrong. Because the people on Facebook, WonderPod Online Facebook, the people on YouTube, and the people everywhere, I'm sure on Twitter as well, there's a lot of bitching and a lot of complaining about the new Xbox. The babies don't like its name. And they don't like the size of it. And they don't like the shape. They don't like that you can manipulate television and that you can use Kinect. They don't seem to like anything. <coughs> you know, they don't like the Blu-ray player. I guess they still use Betamax. I don't know. Well, Pat-Man in his van, in the rain, he's here to say, get the fuck 
over yourselves, you bunch of whiny cunts. It's absolutely ridiculous. No one cares what it's called. If that bothers you, you're a moron. No one cares really about its name. You ever heard of a stupid name? How about the Nintendo Wii? Who cares what it looks like also? I have some really ugly consoles and I bet you do too. The GameCube is just a big box, a cube for God's sakes. How boring is that? So, <coughs> unless the new Xbox looks like Ron Jeremy's erect, throbbing penis from the 1980s porn movies, it shouldn't matter what it looks like when you have it in your entertainment system. Give me a break. It's going to be hidden away most of the time anyways. The games are digital. You won't even have to put a game in, you dumbasses. For the cryberry... Crybabies? Oh, I can't speak in my van. For the crybabies. There you go. Van rant. I don't claim to endorse it. I just claim to laugh along with it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's move now to the used game always online disaster. I guess the first thing out of the gate. Um, John is, you know, you a little shocked it's still there? Mm-hmm. I said, are you a little shocked it's still in play that they haven't backed down or completely denied, denied, deny, or or because <laughs> it was about thirties and and very very uh, opportunistic on the part of the people that did it, but it was about 37 seconds after that article started popping up about an interview done four days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Thoughts on that end of the deal? <laughs> well, I mean, my, at, at work, my, my, my friends and I have been throwing the consequences of some of these claims that are floating around, you know, on the on the newswire about about the death of used games and what that means for you know everyone or just you know Microsoft themselves what it means for GameStop and stuff it's an interest it, it, it's such a uh, interesting topic uh, for debate but um, you know and, and more stuff is trickling out <laughs> again I think we ha- I think we really have to wait till E3 um, I think Microsoft doesn't want to come out and just, you know, they're, they're doing some damage control in terms of what's been out, what's out there. Again, that Wired article from a couple of days ago before the announcement, because there's so much contradiction. Um, I mean, stuff coming from Wired versus what Phil Harrison has been saying himself versus what the Xbox Xbox support team has been saying. They're trying to damage control it, but I think they need to just button their lip and, you know, collectively as a company get ready to, you know, just explain themselves at E3 or, you know, or at some time between now and, and launch because, you know, it's it's a shitstorm that, this, you know, some explanation is just needed and some concrete stuff. Um, it's, or if they want to reconsider what, where, they're, where they were headed, there's opportunity to do that if they didn't, you know, clamp it down until they're ready to actually explain. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, did, did I answer your question? I'm sorry if I didn't. No, you didn't. Like I said, I mean, this this whole event, even more so than Sony, really has me disjointed. 
I mean, that's why I was using cheat notes, and I'm sure it's going to sound like it, and I'm going to be pissed off with myself when I'm editing for not doing a better job. Uh, because I, there's just so much to process. You know, uh, I mean, and again, who didn't... I, I really just don't understand how more people didn't see this whole entertainment one use thing coming or, 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 or at least grasping the concept that it could be real. Mm-hmm. Um, Glycinator, your thoughts, and this is also your turn to tee off on the always online rumors, which are again about as murky as John was talking about. Mm-hmm. The thing is that disturbs me, and I assume as so many other people about this, is that this could be solved so easily, all this confusion. I mean, you could literally come out, say, one sentence, like official announcement from Microsoft, yes or no. I mean, at this point, I just want to know so I can stop worrying about this. It's gotten to the point where I almost don't even care anymore, which is a bad thing. I should not be at that point right now. You know, I should still be... Even if even if I don't like the console, I should still be like, okay, I don't like it. The end. But right now, it's just like I, it's like I don't care. Like it's just it's such a simple thing to solve and to explain that I don't understand why they're not doing it. Which is why I'm worried that it's true. Because if it wasn't true, then they could just say, well, it's not true. You know, and you think they would have done that by now? You think they would have come out, you know, at the start start of the conference and been like, hey guys, by the way. Uh, always online is not true and then everyone would have clapped and then that would have been that and the problem would have been solved but that didn't happen so i mean they have the opportunity to do this again at e3 you know they already know that no one likes this so uh, i mean i'm in the camp that probably that that thinks that this is most likely going to be an always on system which, you know, as, as I've said a million times, as a college student with crappy internet, that is, that's, like, that's a console killer, you know? And you're alienating, you know, a lot of your market, you know? And people in rural areas, and uh, you won't, I won't get into all that logistics, but like I said, it's a simple answer that you can just say yes or no, and they haven't said yes or no yet, and that's sort of annoying me. If it's a disc check, for lack of a better term, and I probably just opened up a whole nother can of fucking... DRM worms, like a like a single like connect. when you install it. What's your thoughts on that? Because that's the leading theory right now. Not a not always always on, but it requires a connection at one point. When you install the to disc. establish the even that though, like I couldn't get on at all in my dorm. Like it would it would shut out. Like, I physically could not get on the internet. Like, I could still play my games, you know, but I cannot connect to Xbox Live. So, I mean, and that's just my own personal situation, you know. Right. No, which, which is... Which, I mean, but... So, I'm, I'm whining a little bit harder than I think most people would, but, I mean, there's still other people out there like me, you know, that need something that doesn't have necessarily have to be on the internet. Oh, I think it's. I think it's. It's clearly a. Con, uh, I what did what did Chris call it? Chris Lloyd call it when we were in chat. It's a commer- It's commercial suicide if they do one or both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, we are agreed on that aspect of it. Yes, I mean it's not like I couldn't bring the system. You know, I could bring the system back to my house. You know, and connect it. But even then, I have to go all the way back home or find someone that has internet after I get the game that I want. And I have to do that each time I get the game. Like. Uh, 
That's no. Uh, I take it you also agree, John, it's pretty much commercial suicide if they actually do follow through with it. Yeah, especially if they, if they do both. I mean, that's two awfully big steps to take uh, back, you know, bang to bang. Um, I mean, from my point of view, in terms of the always online part, you know, my day-to-day, you know, here where I live, it probably doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me that much. Uh, but if if I have an instance where my internet goes down and my Xbox doesn't work just because the internet is down, that, you know, that, that would be really annoying. I mean, if it's just for the install verification, that's one thing. But if it's, if, if it is a case where, you know, I, I read this one comment and I, and I don't, and, and that's more, more of the reason why I didn't co- make a whole lot of comments in my previous spiel was that so much, cha- so much information has changed and I don't know what's current and what's not, but, but if it's uh, if it's like I read this comment that someone said it has to check in at least once a day to your to Microsoft on, through the online. Like it doesn't have to be online all the time, but once a day it needs to check in to verify your account and verify your software. So if you know that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, what happens if you don't check in once a day? Does the system just does it not turn on? Does, that's what I mean. Like, does it lock up? Does it block you out? Like, you know, stuff you've paid for, don't get to use it. You know, that sounds make- like somebody just speculating on things that have happened before. Like, like that that was part of the Ubisoft U play that they finally killed off because of, because of that because people started screaming and hollering DRM and Ubi backed off. That sounds really heavily speculatory to me, but. The good news is, if it is something like that, or it is a disc check, I don't care anymore. I honestly don't fucking care anymore about any of this. Um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Again, like Glacinator, a thousand million times. I'm a consumer horror. If I decide I want the fucking thing anyway, I'll get it. But that does not mean, and this is something I think people mistake with me, that I do not have sympathy and do not agree with those that do not have a 70 meg fucking cable connection like I do. I'm just saying for me. You want to call me part of the problem? Fucking fine. <laughs> when there's a when there's a united effort showing real progress at making these companies learn through our wallets and not tantrums and not woe is us, it's not a decade ago, th- then I'll join in. Until then, consumer whore out. I mean, uh, sorry, but if all of these speculations about Always Online, the one bright spot in this, is everything I've heard, and, and and that's why we moved it to a different segment, because there's so much misinformation out there and so many conflicting stories. That, and I wanted to give the box a fair shake on its own merits without, you know, the uh, um, <laughs> without the anchor. You know, I wanted you to look at the boat without looking at the shitty anchor that's, <laughs> that's got it chained up. Uh, is All of the things I've heard is, is software, meaning it can be disabled really fast. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If the shit storm gets too big, the disc checking thing, I'm not 100% sure, or or USB, I'm not sure how easily that will be done away with if, it, if the shit storm gets even bigger. Uh, which leads us to a question I've wanted to ask, and if we've talked about it before, I don't it, I, I don't think we did a very good job of it. How is what Microsoft wants to do with the used game fee? If they do indeed do it, how is that? Hell, I guess the disc check thing too. How is that any different than Steam? It's not. 
Why do we tolerate that from Steam, but we're not tolerating it from console company? Go ahead, John, since you chimed in first. <laughs> the, the, the fee thing, you mean? All of it. Because all my Steam games are digital, it knows which computer I'm on. I'm I'm not I'm not allowed unlimited installs. Now on Steam, do you? Ha- I mean, I don't even know if I've ever turned on my computer without the internet connected to it. If you play Steam games without an online connection, you can still play your games, right? Right after they've been installed and 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 verified and, and all that, and sometimes you have to put in codes. But yes, once the game has been run once, yeah. um. Like like with EA, with The Sims, and uh, Activision with a couple games I've got. Actually, even to Rockstar and Take-Two. You know, you had to put in the code. A code. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but the initial install. Mm-hmm. And I can't trade it. There's been a few nibbling at the edges attempts at trading digital content. Yeah. Well, but I can't trade a, any of it. There, there's definitely an attachment to the physical media, you know, the discs, you know, things that you've always been able to do as a on a console. I mean, there's always there, there, we've always talked about the different groups of people. There's your, there's console gamers and there's PC gamers. You know, there are there are overlap in them, of course, but you know, there's a mentality of of in in console gamers that I have this disc, I have this tangible thing in my hand, and I should be able to do with it as I please. You know. Um, but it, it's the it's the Steam model. It definitely is. I mean, the the they're turning the disc into just a means to get it on your hard drive, whether that's whether that's a download onto your hard drive or whether it's the installation. They say that you don't need that disc anymore once you've installed it. Like it's it's just it's the same as a computer. You're totally right, and I think that mindset is just foreign to to the you know the average. I don't know, but to a lot of console gamers. Glycinator, do you, do you see a difference between what... I, because the unmitigated love for Steam, especially with their slurping Linux, and yet the internet is involved in a good portion of what you have to do on Steam before you can play offline, and you never see a physical copy. So that's where my query, my, where my confusion has always been with this. John mm-hmm. kind of explained it well. What's your take on it? Well, I mean, you guys already know I already have like my my gripes with Steam, but inherently, PC PC gaming and console gaming is, is is inherently different, you know. And the main reason for that is that, honestly, who today do you know that ha- has a computer or a PC or a Mac or whatever that doesn't connect to the internet? No one. Everyone. Everyone that has a computer has it has it connected to the internet in some way. The only people I know that don't have a connected internet are like old desktops from like 1998. You know, mm-hmm. that catch on that catch on fire every so often. Other than that, you know, if you get a computer, it it's you know it's thought that you're getting a internet connection along with it. You know, you're going to buy you know Comcast or whatever BS internet company, you know, to get online with. You know, that's just what you do. And so it's accepted that when you, if you are a PC gamer, that you have internet. It hasn't been like that for consoles. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're going back before the internet even existed, which I mean, may you may not this may not make sense to you because uh, I mean there was no internet in 1980, you know, with SNES and NES and all that stuff. But even now, when there is internet, it's it was never the main point of a console. 
was it to be for it to be online whereas with pc gaming you know it's it's you know always been there for the most part um so the used game fee is 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 well no let me phrase it like this i apologize i sat down and thought about it what price point if any the consumer whore in me would be willing to buy a used game and then pay a small five to ten dollar fee and I came to um, the conclusion that $20 and $10 would be tolerable. Again, mm-hmm. anti-corporate fucking listeners, not acceptable, tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean I got to like it, but it does mean I'm enough of a prostitute to do it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, is there any price point for either of you gentlemen that is acceptable, or is this just a killer deal breaker entirely? Glace, let's start with you. In terms of the used games, having to yeah, right, the else? price of the game and the fee that you would tolerate, if any. Wait, so you'd have to pay for the whole game again? I thought it was just. Well, if you go buy it used at a store, if your buddy didn't give it to you. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, 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 okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if I went to get what what my what my tolerance is is if I went and bought a picked up a game like uh, a prime example, Saboteur paid seventeen ninety nine for that at GameStop. I I could tolerate paying a ten dollar fee on top of that if I absolutely fucking had to. Uh, what is your price point for that, or is there any? Is what I'm trying to get out. I mean, for for the main game, it doesn't really matter to me because there's so many points where I will buy a game, whether it's ten dollars off or you know forty dollars off. But in terms of the 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 fee itself for buying used, I wouldn't go over more than five. Honestly, I think over five is ridiculous, and it, that may just me be maybe me having no money, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm already buying it used, you know. I'm already not getting the whole deal. So, five is the absolute limit for me. Um, John, how about you? To be honest, I'm not even sure if I can I can make that make that answer because I'd have to know how how someone like, like if I was someone who bought used games from GameStop, I'd have to know how that worked. Like it, right now. In the current system, you know, let's say your your brand new game is sixty bucks, and your average used game of a new title is you know five dollars off that, right? So if I if the if the charge is five dollars on fifty five dollars, then I'm well, I may well have bought it new. I think what you, the system might have to work is that whatever that fee is, assuming it's less than the than the actual price of the game, new uh, would be. I th- I would think that GameStop would have to eat that cost. So, what would have been five dollars off sixty bucks turns into fifteen dollars off sixty bucks. So that they still get a cut, and you don't pay more than the than the new price. That's the, I don't see I, I don't see how any fee can work unless the average uh, going rate of a of a used game goes down. It's like the fact that it, and and then there's, there's that rumor that the fee is the price of the game new like that 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 was one thing that's been floating around the internet as well and you know that's a, that's a that's a bite in the ass but from microsoft's point of view you know if i can play devil's advocate how you know 
if it was only $5 to install a game, why would anybody go buy a game? <laughs> if, if, you, if, if, if the disc itself, you don't even need to have it in your drive to play it, why not, why not just pass it around virally? Like, you know, this one disc, one guy goes and, and buys Gears of War 4 and says, I'm going to buy it. Here, buddy. Goes to the next buddy. He pays five bucks. Goes to the next guy. Pays five bucks. Microsoft's only getting five bucks a copy off of that for the, just for the for the for the install. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it can't work with a low price unless um, with the system of not having to use that disc. Do you know what I mean? There's, well, there's something there's, there's something that doesn't make sense to me in there. Well, and no, I, I mean I really can't say. The thing is, is that as soon as you would put the disc into the other system. It would register on that on that on that system, and you couldn't access it on the new system. Yeah, on the new system, and it would take it off of the other one. Yeah, you can't access it anymore. the 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 other part of that story, and again for audience at home, we don't know if there's any truth to any of this. Once you once you move it from the original console Mm -hmm. to a new console, the original console can no longer play it. Well, that's in, that. That's a little bit. That that's that's interesting too, I guess. But still, the still then it still comes down to I only if I lent it. To, well, I guess if I if I if I gave you the game as a gift <laughs> after I played it, you know, I still don't have the game anymore. Well, your your uh, your boy Justin McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you caught his comments on Twitter, but I did, and I didn't look at any at replies because I could see the poop storm coming, and I was heading for the basement. Uh, I, I, I didn't see his comments actually. Essentially, he said, "You know, for the first year after a game is released, the the used price is like fifty five fucking dollars. Why in the hell don't you just buy a new copy anyway? Because that's what I do." <laughs> he kind of throws a wrinkle into the whole used market conundrum when he's essentially correct. Just go mm-hmm. look at what the Price current price of COD Modern Warfare Three is, yeah, but uh, you know so uh, and and to be quite honest, my used market starting point is thirty four dollars or thirty five dollars, somewhere in that neighborhood. If it's at forty or above, I, I it's a, it's a value to me to buy to pay twenty extra bucks or whatever that is with tax, so twenty five extra bucks. Mm-hmm. To get an unpod copy, but doesn't 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 the trade-in market then also get affected by this? Like if GameStop is you know if you if you trade in your new copy of Gears Four for thirty-five dollars and then they want want to sell it for fifty-five, you know that's what they do. You know that now they have to lower the trade-in value as well. Would that, would that be the case? I would to suspect the same so. profit I, margin. I would. They want to, they want to keep the same profit margin, right? I would suspect so. Mm. Um, well, that's again. Here's the thing. Uh, I had to play chauffeur the other morning for a family member, and while I was waiting for them, um, I was waiting in a parking lot that was like 30 feet away from GameStop, and I didn't bother. Why? Because I ordered everything off Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I I'm to the point where I use games for myself personally. Unless it's like a saboteur where I pay seventeen bucks for the thing. Oh, I remember that game. You know, and I'm not too worried if the disc is scratched. So I'll just take it back, have them give me my money back, and it wasn't something I was so super excited about that 
I waited until it was seventeen ninety nine, and it was in one of those square bins, you know, the GameStop, yeah. EB Games square bins, where you're lucky if it actually has the original cover. <laughs> uh, that's really my used price point, I mean, or or when I start scrounging around, because convenience. If I can get it for if I can get it new for thirty dollars on Amazon and not have to go uh, any goddamn where, <laughs> wait for it to show up in the mail. I don't see any point in not doing it. I am a little less willing to do it since the state of California finally freaking hogtied Amazon into charging tax in my lovely state, the fucks. But that's a whole other story or a whole other topic. Um, you know, and so I, I just don't know. I that is That is the one thing where the overreaction is driving me so bonkers because MS refuses to clear it up. And so you're just stirring up the tinfoil helmets and... and it's just a perfect segue to it, or not segue. It's just the perfect combination of we're being abandoned and here's why, you know, or, or maybe it's instead of one, instead of just the abandonment dagger, it's, you know, a second dagger in the back of now we're going to fucking make you pukes pay for used games. Okay, and the final thing we're going to talk about tonight, and again, guys, we're going to take out the used online component, and we're just going to talk about a pure battle royale. Uh, Sony is setting up their PS4 to be more gamer-centric, even though they didn't do that great a job with their reveal uh, presentation that I bitched about endlessly and don't need to get into again. It's really coming down to, once you take out the online use component. And for those of you that are wondering why we're doing that is because that's going to be a console killer. It's, it's not going to be a fair debate. And I think this is going to be a fun discussion. Uh, which one wins the entertainment all in one box or the pure gaming box? Um, John, let's start with you. Which one wins six, five, six, seven years from now. That's a tough, that's a, that's a tough call. Um, I, I, you know, personally, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Microsoft has has abandoned anyone just yet. I think again, the whole the whole E3 thing is yet to come. But who wins? Uh, well, I think if if I talk from from John Keo gamer point of view, just based on the information in front of me, I I think the PlayStation does seem to be the 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 more amenable space to you know, get me excited about games and just a, a huge plethora of things for me to try. And, you know, they're, they're really coaxing the indie gamers, the indie, sorry, the indie developers and trying to get lots of stuff on the system, new, new ideas, new, fresh things. Microsoft, the direction they're going based on what I've seen is that it's multimedia. They want, they want that, they want those dollars, uh, and it might not be so much about the games. They've got stuff in the in the kitty, but you know, this is not enough information. So I'm going to say, you know, what is the best gaming console in five years? It'll pro- between between the two. Uh, I think it'll it could be the PS4. Nice answer. Completely sidestepped the question, but that's okay because I don't know is a valid answer and. I'm really glad you just went with your sidestep answer because then that leaves me the I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Glacinator, again, pure speculation, but which one wins? 
the all-in-one that is abandoned gamers, or so says the overreaction, or the PS4? Uh, I mean, you, you say abandoned gamers. I know you're just trying to... Oh, I'm stirring shit. I've yeah, got, like, yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. wooden boat paddle <laughs> you've ever seen. Because it... That sentiment, it pissed me off with the Wii, and it's pissing me off again. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like you said, E3 has not even happened yet, so we don't even we don't even know the whole story yet. I mean, so I mean, abandoning gamers. I mean, you're you're jumping to conclusions. The whole the whole picture has not been painted yet. Wait till it is done. But I mean, if we have to go solely off of what was shown, off of what Sony showed, and off of what Microsoft showed. Actually, it should be more off of what Sony didn't show and what Microsoft showed too much of, honestly. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the opinion that I feel like Sony has more of an upper hand now in terms of you know being a gaming system. I mean, we know that uh, the Xbox One will be a, a media center, you know, and that's all we really know of now. I mean, they say that there's eight IPs coming out, which is great. But we haven't seen them yet. And I know we haven't seen anything from Sony, but Microsoft has is keep on has continued to trailblaze this we are the media platform of tomorrow. What I mean what they're honestly what they're doing is they're not competing with Sony, honestly. They're they're competing with Apple. Like uh the first thing I remember the first thing you said when we were talking when they were releasing is like uh well, this is this is the this is an iHome basically, and that's what it is. It's a Microsoft iHome. So, uh, just going off the the releases and the announcements, I mean, we're comparing an iHome to I don't even know what yet. That that that. So, I and, and if we're talking about games here, the I don't know what yet beats the iHome because iHome isn't gaming. So, there there's my answer. You know, it's really funny because I think people. And in, in the reaction, overreaction has proven this. People have forgotten that Microsoft's a multifaceted company. Sony's games division just makes games. The rest of Sony Electronics and Entertainment has nothing to do with the gaming division. Microsoft's almost every facet of Microsoft business has something to do with entertainment or gaming, from their PCOS to their phones to you know this this. Barring the reaction, or barring the abandonment thing, which yes, I, I I'd make no bones about it. I, I am just doing nothing but stirring shit, and I have no problem with that because I hate that fucking attitude. I mean, the, the Van Renner, he said to me twice, "What you can't ignore that shit and play games? What the fuck?" <laughs> I, I mean, a man in a windowless van in the pouring rain can say that, you know. Uh, but to be quite honest, I, th- I I think when you when you look at both of these, um, it comes down to the Wii effect. Can Microsoft convince non-gamers to buy it? Because this is it, the, you know the yeah purely game box. Yeah, okay, fine. Sony's going with the right strategy for the I've been abandoned crowd. Um, pure sales numbers. If Microsoft gets because again if Microsoft gets the Wii buyer they're not going to give a fuck about used game fees and always online be my guess maybe a few of them if they get bit by it but going in probably not 
that's us. Again, that's us. Game. I, I mean, I said it in my ramble along. You know, I don't like it, but this is a byproduct of trying to go more mainstream, which we see developers and other people. Oh yeah, name redacted too. Oh, well, we need less violence. We need more polygon count, more realism, and more, more, more cinematics. Yep. Well, get your pitchforks and torches and go strangle him to death. Because <laughs> again. It's a byproduct of going mainstream. Because really, honestly, if you think for a second, let, 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 let's just peer into the real speculative, completely full of shit future. If this works, <laughs> if the Xbox One works and it sells gangbusters, do you think for a second that by the middle of next year, Sony is not going to try attempt to cram everything it can in the asshole of the PS4 to try and compete with Microsoft? Do you really think they won't? I'm not even answering the question. I'm just putting it out there. Because um, it's monkey see, monkey do. Uh, I The PS Move proves it's monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> you know, the Kinect may be a lot of things, but at least it was original-ish. So there you go. God, I don't want to ever talk about this fucking thing again until E3. I mean, it's just... Uh... I love doing this show, and I love giving the show to the audience, but man, wading through blogs and shit on weeks like this just is not fun. <laughs> it's because 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 of the overreaction, because of the speculation, because of people trying to pass off speculation as fact, because of the opportunistically timed bullshit articles about, I, I mean, Jesus Christ. And hey, maybe that's maybe Microsoft made them freaking hold it over until after the reveal. But I the, the timing of that was just amazing. Um, let's close out the show tonight, and I guess it's going to be a long one with uh, some some a little bit better news, and then a quick. I told you so. Uh, one of the things to come out of the the reveal and and the the <laughs> ripple effect afterwards was that there's a historic rare franchise for Xbox One set to appear at E3. We've been burned by this before, gentlemen. I don't know if you remember in Glacinator, I forgot when we were in that chat, but this this got teased before and it turned out to be a Connect only game that was not anything we wanted to play. I'm not going to discuss its quality or what it what it should have been but we've been teased with this once before but let's go ahead and fall for the trap again um i i'm going to guess that you're pleased to hear this news <laughs> but which one of the historic rare franchises do you want to see let's start with captain obvious glacinator uh well personally uh, as a huge uh, killer instinct fan no <laughs> no banjo freaking 3e the real deal, not any of this Lego car nonsense, ridiculous jigginess. I, I, I just want Banjo 3, I want Platformer, and I said in the Facebook group, if it is Banjo 3, because I'm pretty sure it won't be for whatever reason, I, I promise, you, you have my podcast promise that I will dress up as Kazooie and walk around my campus and film a video. <laughs> that, is how, that is how sure I am that it will not be Banjo 3, even though I want it to be. Um... Would you buy the console with all the bad stuff in if it is Banjo 3? Would you be able to withstand the pressure? Yes. You've done really well yes. with the Wii U. That, that's, that, that, that's the Achilles heels right there. Achilles, Achilles heel of, of Daniel is a Banjo 3 
God, now I want to. That's do what it. maybe. That's what made me buy the 360. I, in all honesty, I didn't care. I I never played a Halo game before. I just knew there was a new Banjo Kazooie game coming out on a Microsoft system. I didn't have an Xbox, and I was like, okay, well, I'll get a 360 then and wait for it to come out. That's the only reason I got one. So. Yeah, we we all have our Achilles heel. Um, well, uh, hey, I'll, I'll I'll do mine right now and then kick to John because it's the same thing. I can sit here and say I'm part of the disinterested crowd all I want if it's a Conquer sequel and it looks like a good Conquer sequel with me being able to pee on teddy bears and other squirrels. It's fucking over. I don't give a fuck what else it does. I'll buy it for that one game. I'll plop down four hundred and five hundred bucks for that one fucking game. That's how much I love Conquer for the N64. <laughs> oh, by the way, the artwork, the filler artwork, our very own rare expert, Pat Man, uh, that's from, um, shit, he told me and now I've forgotten. That's from Perfect Dark, the, the artwork. I was leaning towards Killer Instinct because of the artwork, but he 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 uh, uh, um, rectified my, my error <laughs> and said that that's from Perfect Dark. John, which one of the rare franchises would you like it to be? I think I would like it to be Killer Instinct. I did play that a bit back in the day, and I, I did enjoy it. Uh, or Battletoads. Uh, I'm, I, I played I play the, sh- the hell out of Damn Battle it! Toads. There's two that I'd have to buy the fucking piece of shit for. I forgot <laughs> about Battletoads. I, th- I think it's more likely that it's either Banjo or Perfect Dark or Killer Instinct. I think those are the three the three top contenders. Uh, Conqueror would be a nice a nice uh, throwback, but I, th- I think those are the three choices. Um, I'm gonna go with Killer Instinct. I think it. I honestly, and Glacier is gonna be, probably be very happy to hear this. I think it. I think it comes down between Banjo and Killer Instinct. And and to watch the flip flop waffle dance of the fucking internet. If it's either of those, we'll just be so glorious that it will make this whole crappy week worthwhile. Because there's going to be so many people that are going to have to slink off and buy that console when they said they wouldn't. Conquer probably see me, too. You get to see me dress as a furry, too. So. so it's a win-win situation all around. Furries terrify me, but it still would be totally awesome if you had to... A... No, I'm, I'm, to- to- I'm totally serious. That's how sure I am. No, I, 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 I know see. you're totally serious, and that's how sure I am. It's probably not going to be because life likes nothing more than to fucking take away my guilty pleasures. Because what I'd want you to do is not do it on purpose, but talk one of the Segway cops into chasing you on, a, on, the, on the security Segway while you're dressed in a fursuit. That would be the f- fucking greatest video of all time. I'll even play the... The theme song music. <laughs> that would be so. Either that, or the if we're gonna go non-video game, the greatest music to put to that, you being chased, dressed as which one were you gonna dress as, Kazooie or Banjo? Well, Kazooie's more embarrassing, so. Yeah, Kazooie. Let's go with the giant bird. No, the greatest song for that would be uh, Beastie Boys "Sabotage," while you're being chased by a security guy on a Segway. That to me would be totally <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I wasn't sure Glace was gonna get that one, but I thought John might. Um, oh, I know BC boys. Oh, come on now. Okay, just checking. <laughs> gotta gotta check your street cred while you're being chased by a fucking guy to Segway. Yeah, that screams street cred. Uh, the only wor- thing worse is being in a car and getting pulled over by a bicycle cop. Uh, and no, it's never happened to me. <laughs> um. The final piece of news tonight that has nothing to do with Microsoft. By the way, John, I saw that story. Mm. Um, 
I just, I, just, I, I just saw it go by my, go by on my Twitter feed, so I just thought it was interesting. Considering it's from mynintendonews.com, yes, I used them as a source last week, but for other purposes, uh, it's kind of like taking anything from, you know, it's not like they're exactly, um, uh, 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 don't have a side. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And considering that the supposed NPD, NPD numbers of the console for last month was... Uh, I'll give you the headline, folks, since this is going to be a nine-hour podcast. Anyways, I'll give you the headline. Wii U sales rank on Amazon UK jumps 875% after Xbox One reveal. Um, I'm not even clicking on the story because it's from MyNintendoNews.com. The shower legend would be the only less reputable fucking thing to get it from at this point. Uh, the... Considering supposedly it only sold five hundred or fifty-five thousand units in in the U.S. last month, it's not hard to get an eight hundred seventy-five percent jump. <laughs> what they had? What three people pre-ordered it because they were pissed off at Microsoft? <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> Dang. Well, sorry, I want it to do well. I'm just saying that you know you can fudge numbers pretty well. There's more numbers in. There's more numbers in a percentage equation than just a look, 875%. Well, yeah, 875% of two ain't that hard to come apart, or uh, come apart. <laughs> it ain't that hard to jump up. Um, the news we are going to talk about with the Wii U, though. Oh, I love it when they do this to me. I love it when they allow me to go, I fucking told you so. And generally, as much as an as much of an asshole as I can be. I try to keep this in check. I'm not always successful. But the the just fucking utter stupidity again with the with the EA's not you know banking games for the Wii U anymore. When the original statement, as I said last week, god damn stupid ads, um was you know the statement from last week was Jeff Brown who said the company has no games in development for the Wii U currently. Now, I saw that a lot without that one key word in it called fucking currently. Uh, bastards. So, guess what? A CFO, chief financial officer, a lot higher than a, than a spokesperson, has said that they have games in development for the Wii U, but... Not as many as they have for the PS4 and the Xbox One. Which means they had to get in their sideways shot. But they're making games for the Wii U. Sounds like they're going to do a lot like they did with the Wii. Now what say you people who are not going to buy the console because EA is not making games for it, but they hate EA and I don't give a fuck. John, would you like to get your I told you so's in? Because <laughs> I fucking told you so. I knew damn good well. EA's stupid, but they're not that fucking stupid. Yeah, not, it doesn't. It wouldn't. Have made, it wouldn't have made any sense not to, to just leave that money on the table, you know, altogether. Um, yeah, it's it's no surprise. I'm, I'm, well, what is a surprise is how little little. Uh, um, maybe it's not surprising how, but how little you see about this story. It kind of just came on the wire and then gone again and. As opposed to when they said that they weren't developing, it was all crazy, crazy, crazy. Of course, because it's culturally acceptable to bash EA, so they they run with that, knowing full well that 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 it's okay, you know. And 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 I should point out that if I was a paid blogger, 
and a softball from a company that has done themselves no favors in being hated came across the wire and allowed me to make my work day less stressful, I'd fucking run with it too. I'm not sitting here saying I wouldn't. And I've never said I wouldn't. But it's just like, John, they, they, they did a lot of uh, money donations and were at a conference for uh, lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, and transgender issues and have been doing a lot of great work there and making EA's workplaces for those, for that community and group of people better. I, I maybe saw two stories on it. Because the the hatred of the company is so ingrained that nobody could give them the time of day for doing good work with a group, you know, that 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 suffers a lot of, of uh, discrimination. You know, it's it's just like it didn't even exist. But man, that's a story for a whole no, for a whole nother show <laughs> about how you know. And that's the thing. I I some of the people that have irritated me this week. Like our very own Gun Sage to a certain extent, uh, Jim Sterling, Sessler uh, a little bit. The thing about those people, though, is if they get proven wrong or, or, or things change, they at least call a spade a spade and admit it and, and do a post or a video or something about it. You know, Whereas the gaming blogs in general, uh, starting with that sewer pit, toddler-infested disaster that is Kotaku and IGN, they just run with what they know gamers will bite into. I mean, it's it's pure tabloid crap. Um, Glacier, would you like to get your I told you so then? Uh, I'm more so surprised that they actually cleared up the information in a timely manner. <laughs> more so than anything else. I mean, EA or the blogs? Um, EA. Oh, I was, I was going to say both is an acceptable well, answer. Yeah, bo- both. I mean, I guess both, but... I mean, it was surprising. I mean, I figured this rumor would be floating around for another three months or so before some game came out on Wii that EA made. And I was like, oh, yeah, that thing that happened didn't happen. So, but I mean, they cleared it up, which was crazy. I mean, that's, which is unusual in this age of lightning fast information. And (laughs) you would (laughs) never, never mind. Well, you be, you You, you understand what I mean. No, I totally understand what you mean. Now, none of the major ones, even the two I just made fun of, cut off the currently. They just wrote their piece in such a way to to make it make you uh, you know think if you're a spoon fed sheeple that you know they're done. Um, but but I did see some lesser known blogs, something I'm sure that. <laughs> Our less than lively Wonderpot Online could get accused of if we were so stupid as to do it. Cut the currently off the quote. <laughs> and, you know, when it comes to EA, you don't need to be doctoring quotes to cause a shitstorm. You just need to say EA, they did something, you know. Um, by the way, John, this last story, the uh, that's the sales rank on Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Meaning, you know, uh, uh, where it ranks on things that sold that week. It went from 390 to 40. This is why my Nintendo News is good for reference, but it's not something you really want to take to the bank as fact. You know, <laughs> they kind of they kind of got, you know, uh, they've kind of already chosen a side. <laughs> where as, as, as snarky and jackass as I can be, I at least attempt... And I know you guys do for sure with WonderPod to try to not choose a side. Yes, we have our likes and dislikes, 
And maybe in the bulk some of this podcast, we did the Xbox reveal with at least not degrading into complete fanboyism um, or, or sense of abandonment. Because, you know, I'm sure I hey, I even self-edited some of my more meaner notes <laughs> because, again, I'm just so I'm just so over the whole thing that that, you know, and but, you know, one thing I will say, and I think all three of us said this last week is we said that, you know, until the dust from E3 clears, we have no good picture. I think that remains true, does it not, gentlemen? Definitely. Glace, is that what you're waiting for, too, to see exactly what? No, like I said, the painting is not done yet. Yeah, could you imagine if gamers got a hold of the Mona Lisa or Da Vinci's ceiling in the Sistine Chapel? Oh, my goodness. If it, but When it was, like, half done? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what you say is true, Bruce. I, th- I think the, the tale of all three main, the three big companies will be told after E3. What Nintendo has to offer for the Wii U in terms of backing up, you know, the 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 I'm sorry the the, the drought of of games this past, you know the last couple of months, whether or not PS4 whether Sony's going to live up to their promises, it's all gonna it's all gonna come out then. Well, that's one thing I did say um, with a couple folks on Google Plus, is I do kind of give Sony the edge right at the moment, but Sony has this magical way of tripping over their own fucking shoelaces. Uh, you know, it's not that I think they're a, any worse a company than Microsoft or Nintendo. I just don't trust them because of the fact that they seem to take two steps forward and stuff both feet in their mouth and then fall down five flights of stairs. You know, mm-hmm. the Marcus, the Kevin Butler, the complete arrogance at the last couple E3s, the, the you know, it only does everything, including take its entire online network offline by hackers for a fucking month <laughs> yet you know i mean i i think to be honest i i guess the, the real sadistic smart ass in me is kind of quietly rooting for sony because they got to get something right eventually don't they um yeah. you know but I think that, actually I think the ex my final thought is i think the the mere existence of the xbox one tells me we are coming closer and closer to the days where there will not be anything we would consider a console existing anymore. And we're also getting closer and closer to the end of physical discs. Um, oh, believe me, there's a couple of people in our extended group that are really doing the Mr. Bill. Oh no on that. Uh, Oh, by the way, uh, you're talking about for all three companies, John, even though Nintendo doesn't have a big press conference, at E3, um, E3 starts June 11th and runs through June 13th, right? Mm-hmm. Guess when the next Nintendo Direct is? I think it's the, the 10th, is it? 11th. The 11th, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, Nintendo might be rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, but guess what? They're going out in style and doing it, the, you know, to quote Frank Sinatra, they're doing it their way. <laughs> They're, they're, they're going to have to drop some bombs, so yeah, get ready. Oh, look, all of them are. Yeah, I, yeah I, ex- exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm actually curious what Sony's going to do, because now that you know what the console's going to do, 
with the Xbox One, they can focus solely on games and damage control from the always online use thing. Sony's got to do both. You know. Yep. That's going to be a tougher order to fill than, than what Nintendo and Microsoft have to do. <laughs> that may be right there where they trip over their own shoelaces. Okay, folks. I think we've bored you to tears enough. If you'd like to get in touch with us, <laughs> talk to me about my shit-stirring methods. <laughs> Or accuse me of abandoning you. That's that's fine. We have a number of ways you can do that. Uh, the most social social media, the most socially acceptable social media way is Facebook. Just shoot us a friend request. We have a guy that'll accept it, unless you're an obvious bot or complete jackass. Uh, we have a website that I talked about earlier. Like I said, it's not the most liveliest place in the world, but it is a website, and it's where you can find this podcast. Why am I saying that, even though you're listening to a podcast? Because... There's an embedded player that allows you the luxury of not downloading MP3s. But if you like to download MP3s and stumbled across this in a dumpster somewhere, uh, we are on iTunes. We're also on a site called archive.org in case you do not like iTunes, which we do know people that don't. Um, we have some YouTube channels, a whole bunch of them. We really missed a golden YouTube opportunity the other night in Minecraft. We're going to have to start rectifying that error. Uh, one of them is under the WonderPod online logo. One of them is under 36Wii. Glacinator's got his own channel. Um, the website and this whole group has a, a Twitter account. It's at WonderPod Online. All one word, at WonderPod Online. And if you're more into email, we have one of those two. It's WonderPodOnline at gmail.com. WonderPodOnline at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter if you want to scream at me one-on-one -on -one, at O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter and tell him he's a nice person at at junk at junkio j o n k e h o e until episode 160 where i think we may just work on our game i think we may just do something else i don't know if i can <laughs> do gaming two weeks in a row i am bruce mcgee i'm out of here to go play something online see you people cheers goodbye